tonight, we're uh, continuing on in our uh, series on, um, on the Holy Spirit, and uh, you get the distinct pleasure tonight of getting to hear from three different people. So um, tonight we're going to have, uh, Rhonda's going to give us a little bit of a, of, uh, <clears throat> a talk about her experience, and Mary Jane is going to as well with the help of John. So um, John, why don't you come up and you can, uh, you can talk with Mary Jane, yeah. Just to let everybody know that uh, we've been having Bible study at our place. And uh, at one of the Bible studies evenings, um, we had people share their, their, some of their stories. And um, when Mary Jane shared her story, every one of us said, wow, God is amazing. More people need to hear your story. And she says, oh, no. And I says, yes. And so Mary Jane is willing to share her story tonight. I'm going to do it interview style. And, but she's got the support of us. And we've heard the story. And it's something that uh, will bless you. And we'll just give honor and glory to God. So we're going to start tonight, Mary Jane, with uh, I'll, I'll give you the mic. And you can kind of tell people what happened. Okay? Okay. Well, um, I'm going blank. <laughs> uh, a few years ago, when um, my kids were younger, uh, we were just at home, the family was at home, and we live in Fisherville, and uh, something happens in Fisherville, the whole town turns out, you know. So we heard this boom, you know. We thought, oh, there's been a crash or something at the crossroads, and so we all go running outside, and nobody else is out there, there's nothing happening, it's all like ordinary, we're wondering, what was, what was that? So we started to go into the house again, as we were coming into the house, there was another like, <laughs> I said to my husband, I, I think that's, I think it's in our basement. So we, um, we went, started walking down the stairs to the basement and it went boom. I said, I think, I think the furnace is blowing up. My husband says, I think our furnace is blew up too. And so we, um, the children were younger and finances were kind of tight and we were thinking, oh, furnace that shouldn't have blew up right now. <laughs> what are we going to do? So um, it wasn't the weather wasn't too bad, so we thought we'd put it off as much as we could. And uh, a couple of days later, um, I went down to the post office to get our mail, and there was a letter there from my Auntie May in Ireland. And my Auntie May, she doesn't usually write to me because my mum and her share everything. And my letters, I write to my mum. I thought, a letter from Auntie May? So I opened the letter, and there was a check inside the letter. And uh, the letter said, um, Dear Mary, I've just been sitting here reading my Bible, and I felt I should send you this money. And I took the check to the bank and got it changed into Canadian money. And when it got changed to the Canadian money, it worked about to be the exact estimate for the furnace right down to the last penny. Didn't have a penny over and didn't have a penny short. It was exactly what we needed. And the amazing thing was that that letter took six days to get to me. It was already on the way before the furnace blew up. So I felt, felt really loved. I felt that God was watching out for me and taking care of things. And those, those days, a couple of days of worry were just wasted time. And I just grew some more gray hairs. <laughs> So, anything, uh, else you share with anybody? Hmm? anything else you want to share with anybody? I don't think so. 
All right. Thanks, Mary Jane. That was awesome. You want Rhonda to share? Okay. Mine's uh, a little bit different. Um, when Brian asked me to um, give a little bit of a testimony, I felt on my heart that it had to go a little bit further than testimony. Sorry, I got my back to people. I'll come up here. How's that? Um, he w wanted to talk about how to hear from the Holy Spirit. Thanks. And I usually ask the questions, I have been asking the questions of, how do you hear from God? You know, and why can't I hear from God? And I, I would ask a bunch of people, and they would always seem to give me similar answers, but the common thread was, are you seeking him? And I always thought, well, yeah, I'm seeking him. But I never really gave him the, op I gave, never gave my op um, myself the opportunity to really seek him. Um, because I have the t type of personality that wants things now. I want it now. I want it yesterday. I don't want to wait. And I don't want to have to go through the process of waiting. So slowly, um, the Lord started teaching me how to wait upon him. And when I mean slow, I mean slow, like as in years. And um, I've been around that mountain of impatience about 15,000 times. And so I keep going around it every so often and then catch myself. Um, so I do learn how to slow down and, and uh, wait upon him. About six months ago, uh, we started a series. John's now, do, uh, I don't know if you've finished the series or not, but uh, started a series, and the book was um, the called The Holy Spirit, An Introduction. It was with, through Brian and Debbie Bunting. Um, I had a longing in my heart for something, and I didn't know what it was, but I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. And the topic was the Holy Spirit, which is, um, I, it was very intriguing to me, and I, I absolutely love the Holy Spirit. And from the moment I opened that book, I couldn't stop. I kept digging deeper. I couldn't stop reading. I just needed more. I had that hunger and that desire, and and I uh, uh, held on to one of the promises that's found in the Bible, and I, I personalize a lot of the promises to myself. And it's, um, Psalm 32, 8, and if you look in your Bible, it does say Rhonda. Um, <laughs> I will teach you and guide you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and keep your eye, my eye upon you. And so that means he's going to counsel me. That means he's going to talk to me. And I, I just get so excited at that because I know that's true. Um, as we move through the weeks of the, the study, one of the topics was speaking with using tongues. And um, I've never spoken in tongues before, and I always thought um, I was crazy when I tried it because it sounded really like just silly and... So anyways, I, I never really uh, pursued that further, but the study showed me that, that the speaking in tongues is like a love language between myself and God, and that kind of just opened my eyes, and, and again, he really wants to speak with me. So things, little things like this was just starting to, to get the ball rolling. Uh, one of the things Brian asked was, he challenged us. He said, just take five minutes, one minute, one word, two words, whatever it is, and just let it out. Just speak in tongues, whatever it is, just and go with it. And anyways, I, um, you know, I wasn't home when I thought, remembered what he said. Um, I, I was full of distractions, and actually I was in my car on the way to work, and I thought, okay, you know what? My stubbornness took over. I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this, and I'm going to just see where it goes. So I did, and I let loose, and it was absolutely beautiful. I, I seriously don't know what I said. Um, but by the time I got to my office, I had to reapply any makeup I put on in the morning because I just was bawling. Um, the barriers that I built up in my own head, in my own heart, 
seemed to have come down that day. And I swear that I heard the angels sing that day. Um, but they did remind me, the Holy Spirit reminded me of a scripture in, on uh, Romans, 28, uh, 20, or Romans 8, 26. And it says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but in the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So when you, that was my first experience with speaking in tongues. And I haven't stopped since. I, I would rather pray in tongues than I would in words. It just, it's this language that just overcomes, and it's, it's beautiful. Um, but one of the most important ways of hearing from the Holy Spirit is to be familiar with God's word. And that's what he's pressing upon me. And he wants to guide us, and he wants to teach us, and he wants to counsel us every single day. Uh, he wants to reveal the mysteries as well as help us unwrap the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us, which he has given every one of us special gifts um, to use to glorify God. Mine is, is prayer and intercessory as well as prophecy and words of wisdom. These are the gifts that he's given me. Um, and one of the most recent confirmations actually uh, revolves around Kingsway. And a few weeks ago, during worship time, I, was, um, I wasn't singing the words. I was actually praying in tongues, and uh, very quietly, though. And the Holy Spirit gave me a vision. And I, um, at the time, I thought it was for a specific purpose. But throughout um, a few weeks, I realized it's more than just one person. I believe it's for the entire um, congregation, both Saturday and Sunday. Um, it was a vision of Jesus standing at the door. He was standing right there, uh, wanting to come into the sanctuary, and he was standing there, and he was waiting. And when I heard the words, um, I'm waiting to be invited in, it was just like this love was pouring out over me, and I was just overcome with this love and, and these, this euphoric feeling, and I knew, that, I knew that there was something. But again, he was waiting. So over the past few weeks, the Holy Spirit... Had been prompt, has been prompting me to pray for Kingsway, and I have no idea why. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do what you say, and I will pray for, for Kingsway. And I, uh, again, speaking in tongues, and, and through that, um, he gave me the actually in, what I believe is the interpretation, and is that um, there's, in, in Kingsway, there's a great hunger to hear from God. There's a great hunger to let him guide us, that he wants to take us somewhere. But he's waiting. He's waiting. And he wants us to be able to say, come in. Come in. We want you. And he's going to move in a very powerful way. And when he does, it's going to be absolutely amazing. But, but he is waiting. In John 14, 26, um, it says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. So in a nutshell, if you want to hear from the Holy Spirit... And to, you have to get to know him. And the only way to get to know him is to open up your Bibles and really start digging deep. And that has been on my heart for a, quite some time. And my own walk is digging deep and knowing, knowing what he says about you and what he, what he says about me and what he says about all our situations. And without knowing his words, we're lost. So I would recommend you opening up the Bible and digging deep into his word if you want to hear his voice. Well, you can be dismissed. Thanks, Rhonda. That was... <laughs>
And thank you, Mary Jane, for, uh, for sharing um, your experiences with the uh, Holy Spirit working um, in your lives. Um, <clears throat> we wanted to, uh, to make sure that you had the opportunity not just to hear teaching about the Holy Spirit uh, working in our lives, but as well um, people's personal experiences. So thank you guys again. Um, so I'm just going to try to wrap up somewhat quickly tonight, um, but a little bit of a talk. So how many of you have ever asked the questions, how much time should I be spending watching TV? Or how much time should I be um, letting my kids on the computer? Or is it okay for me to play those shoot 'em up video games? Uh, or, you know, maybe if, um, if, you're not, if you're still in the, in the world of dating, am I allowed to go on a date with a coworker? Or um, does God get mad at me if I miss work because I stayed up too late the night before and just couldn't make it in? Or does God want me to move to that house? Or does God want me to take that job? Or am I just feeling discontent in my job right now? Or does God want me to go to that school or talk to that person? We all have these um, ideas about the truth and about how it is that God uh, speaks to us. And, and prompts us to move uh, and do things in our lives. Um, but a lot of the times we don't know for, sure, for certain where these ideas are coming from, whether they're from you know, a divine source, whether God's actually speaking to us. Am I hearing from God? Or maybe are those just the voices in my head? Or even worse, what if those urges are actually coming from the enemy of our souls and not from God? And so tonight we're going to look pretty briefly at, um, at how we can hear the voice of God. So throughout history... The question of hearing God's voice has been raised again and again by, and asked by countless people. In Scripture, there are examples of people who have, uh, who have heard the voice of God and didn't actually recognize it. Take Samuel, for example. God was, uh, was trying to speak to Samuel as he lay in bed at night. God was trying to speak to Samuel, and night after night, Samuel couldn't figure out what, it, who that, what the voice was until, he, uh, in, until his teacher, Eli, told him, um, that it was God trying to speak to him. So there are, there are examples of people who have heard the voice of God, but they don't recognize it. There's also examples of people who have heard the voice of God, and they've doubted. Take Gideon, for example. God spoke to Gideon, but Gideon doubted that God would do what he said he would do through Gideon. And so Gideon three times said to God, you know what, I'm kind of in doubt. Can you prove to me that this is what you actually want me to do? The problem is that when it comes to hearing God's voice, there's all kinds of interference and background noise. There's our own internal voice that wants to tell us what to do. There's the voices of the culture around us that constantly tries to tell us what to do and how to do it, what to buy and where to buy it, what to watch, how to live our lives. And then there's the voice of the enemy. And quite honestly, the enemy is completely happy if we listen to any voice but the voice of God. The enemy's happy if, um, if, if we can be distracted by, by telling us to follow our heart. Just follow your heart. You'll be happy. The enemy, if the enemy can distract us by telling us to follow culture, whether what, what it is that we're following is good or bad, there's lots of good things in culture. There's lots of causes that we could join and grab onto. As long as it is, it's not God that's telling us what to do the enemy's happy. And then there are times like when he caused Adam and Eve to doubt what God told them. 
that the enemy would sneak into our minds and sow doubt and division or just try to lead us down the wrong path. And the scary thing is that the wrong path doesn't necessarily have to look evil. The wrong path doesn't have to look like something bad. The wrong path doesn't have to, um, to, to, to even look wrong. Sometimes it may even seem like a very good or even spiritual thing that the enemy tries to distract us with or get us to trust in. I mean, he tried to do it with Jesus in the desert. The, the, Satan quoted scripture to Jesus to try to trick him into doing something that wasn't according to God's will. And so if Satan can try to do that to Jesus, no doubt he will try to do it to us as well. And so when it comes to hearing the voice of God, we need to be careful that we confirm that we are following the Holy Spirit and not another voice. So how can we know whether we're hearing the voice of God? And Rhonda nailed it right on. Fortunately, we have something that Gideon and uh, Samuel didn't have. We have the complete Bible. The inspired Word of God to read, to study, to meditate on. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. What Paul's telling us here when he wrote this is that when we have questions about a certain topic, when we have questions about where it is that he wants us to do, when we have major decisions to make in our lives, we should seek what the Bible has to say about those things. God will never lead us contrary to what his word says. And so the first place that we should look when we want to hear from God, or if we want to know that it's God's voice that we're hearing, is his word. And reading the Bible is the primary way that God speaks to us. It's also the best way to learn about God's character, the things that he values, the things that he loves, and the things that he hates. The Bible also tells us the story of how God has dealt with his people all throughout history. And as a result, the more time that we spend with God in his word, the easier it becomes for us to recognize his voice and his leading in our lives. Jesus actually said it like this in John 10. They, his flock, will follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. We get to know his voice when we spend time in his word. Like sheep, the more that we hear his voice through his word, the more familiar we become with it, the easier it is to recognize his voice and to recognize his leading in our lives. And the easier it is not just to recognize his voice, but to recognize the voices around us that aren't actually his. It's like this. Employees at a bank are, are trained to recognize counterfeit bills. And the way that they're trained to recognize it is they just handle thousands and thousands and thousands of bills. They feel them. They look at them. They get to know those bills. They know what the real ones feel like so that if there's a fake one in a stack of a thousand, they can pick it out without any thought. It just becomes second nature to them. It's easy to tell the difference. And so we should become so familiar with God's voice, his word, that when someone or something speaks to us that's not the truth, that we'll, we'll know clearly without a doubt that it's not God. So one way that we can be sure to hear the voice of God is through his word, spending time in his word each day, getting to know him better. 
Another way that we can hear his voice is through his Holy Spirit. When Jesus was preparing to leave his disciples, they were understandably distraught. Not only were they losing a good friend, but they were losing their source of truth. They were losing their teacher. They were losing their guide. They were losing their counselor. While they were with Jesus, they had an ever-present source of truth. They didn't have to question what their purpose was while they were with him and while he was with them. They didn't have to question where they were going, where he wanted them to go. He would lead them. They didn't have to question what they were doing with Jesus because he told them and he taught them. Jesus would make sure that he knew all of those things. But when Jesus left, they knew that they would be alone. They knew that their teacher would no longer be with them. Their source of truth they wouldn't be able to turn to that source of truth that they had with them 24-7, day or night, to answer their questions. You have to remember that most of Jesus' disciples were commoners. They wouldn't know how to read. So even if they had a copy of the Scriptures to consult, they wouldn't have been able to read it. But the fact is that back then there, there was no printed Bibles. There were very few scrolls. They would have been kept in the temples. It would have been the teachers of the law and the religious leaders that would have had access to them to be able to read them. So there was no, oh, I'm just going to pick up my Bible. Or I'm just going to look in a scroll and try to figure out what the truth is. They would have to wait until the Sabbath to go and to hear teaching, and it would be specific teaching about something. So to be able to get an answer, or an answer to a question that they had would be a, a pretty rare occasion. But when they were with Jesus, they could ask him. And Jesus, as the source of truth, would have had the answers to all of their questions. They had direct access to the truth. So when Jesus started talking about leaving them, they must have been terrified. But he told them this in John 14, 16 to 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And later on in the same chapter, Jesus says to his disciples, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. He's saying, don't worry. Don't doubt. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit, who is the source of truth, to be with you 24-7. And later on, he says to the Holy Spirit, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't, hear, you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So we know that the Holy Spirit is the source of truth. When Christ left his followers to return to his Father in heaven, he didn't leave us alone. He promised to send us his Holy Spirit as a guide, as a counselor, as an advocate, and as a source of truth. Jesus said that there was more to be revealed to his followers. He hadn't revealed everything that, uh, that they needed to know, and that his Holy Spirit would be the one to reveal as the source of truth. So how does this happen? Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote letters to several of the churches, and uh, in the church to, uh, in uh, Corinth, he wrote a letter in 2 Corinthians, um, and he says this about the Holy Spirit, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship 
of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You might be familiar if you've gone to another church with that, um, those verses as kind of a blessing that would be said at the end of a, at the end of a service, but so much more um, than just a blessing. Many churches have adopted this, but it's so much more than that. It's actually quite instructional. When Paul um, talks to his fellowship, or to, when he talks of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, he uses the Greek word koinonia, which means participation or partnership or fellowship, or having all things in common. Paul is conveying the idea that not only do we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, not only is the Holy Spirit with us, we actually partner with the Holy Spirit. We participate with the Holy Spirit. We have all things in common with God's Holy Spirit. We're talking about a very intimate relationship. And so when we become followers of Jesus... He promised that His Holy Spirit would be there as a source of intimate relationship, guiding us into truth. And because He is always with us, we have access to God's voice, to God's prompting, to God's leading whenever and wherever we are. In a letter to another church, Paul says uh, to the the church in, in Thessalonica, do not stifle the Holy Spirit, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. God's Word and God's Holy Spirit might not always speak directly to us about a specific uh, circumstance in our lives. Sometimes, uh, you know, we're, we're left and we can look in Scripture, and the Scripture is not going to address the very specific circumstance of our lives. However, there are times when God's Holy Spirit might actually speak to us through someone else. Rhonda kind of um, alluded to this, and sometimes this is called uh, the gift of prophecy. Sometimes it's called words of knowledge. Sometimes it's called words of wisdom. Regardless of what it's called, Paul has said two things about it. The first thing he said is that if it's a true prophecy, if it's a true word of knowledge or word of wisdom, it will have come from his Holy Spirit. And the second thing that he said is this, that we should test everything that is said. So we don't take everything that someone says as a prophecy at, point, at, point, or at face value. A wise person will always go back to God's Word. Because uh, God will never use someone else to tell you something that goes contrary to His Word. So if someone gives you a word of prophecy, go back to God's Word to check and make sure that it's not contrary to what His, His, His Word says. A wise person will also look for godly counsel or confirmation when they believe that they've heard the voice of God or if they have a question about whether or not it's God's voice that they're hearing. Proverbs 11, 14 says, Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. So hearing God's voice doesn't happen outside of a relationship with Him. If we're going to hear God's voice, we need to, first of all, make sure that we're in relationship with Him. And when you're in a relationship with somebody, what happens? You talk to them, and they talk to you. When we're in a relationship with God, we talk to Him through prayer. And sometimes that might be speaking in tongues when we can't express our hearts or express what we're feeling. Uh, God has given some the gift of tongues to be able to express to Him um, the deeper expressions of our heart. How does God talk to us? More often than not, it's going to be through His Word. But He will also talk to us through His Spirit. 
He may also talk to us through words of wisdom from someone else. So like any healthy relationship, communication is required. Sometimes we talk, sometimes we listen. But the thing is, the more intimacy that we develop in our relationship with God, the more likely it is that we'll begin to recognize His voice speaking to us on a regular basis. Like Rhonda said, it took years for her to develop that intimacy and develop that sense of being able to hear God's voice. It takes years to be able to develop an intimate relationship with anybody. Sometimes it's going to take us time to be able to develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Many times it'll, that'll, uh, when God speaks to us, it'll simply be Him revealing Himself to us through His Word. Other times it may be His Holy Spirit speaking directly to us or through someone else. But it's important to remember that when we feel that we've received personal instruction from God, we need to remain wise. We, we, we need to test the spirits. As First uh, John, John 4.1 says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have, they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. The world is full of noise. The world is full of distractions. And so our minds can be as well. Many of us have our minds just racing with thoughts and inner voices and outer voices and different voices that just keep ringing through our heads. Whether or not we recognize it, Life on earth is a spiritual battle, and the enemy is eager to supply distractions and diversions to keep us from doing what God wants us to do in our lives, to keep us from doing God's will for us. And so we need to be vigilant to ensure that what we've heard is more than just a feeling, to ensure that it truly is from God. You have to remember that God wants to show us the right path to take. God wants the best for us. He's not in the business of hiding his will from those who seek him. And so how, we can, how can we do that? Here's some good questions that you might want to ask yourself as we examine whether or not we are hearing from God. Is the voice that I'm hearing or the prompting that I'm receiving confusing or vague? Is it hard to understand what, uh, what I think it is that God might be telling me? If so, it's, it might not be from God because God is not the author of confusion. He's the bringer of truth, the bringer of peace. Does, does what I think God is saying to me go against God's character or His Word? If that's the case, then it's probably not from God. God will never contradict Himself. The more we get to know God through His Word, the more we get to know His character and His, the truth about Him, the more we'll be able to recognize whether those things that we're hearing, the voices that are trying to tell us what to do, are actually from God. The more we'll be able to recognize whether or not they contradict God's character and God's truth. And then the final question you can ask yourself is, will following these promptings lead to sin? And if that's the case, then you know definitely it is not from God. Galatians 5.16 says, when the Holy Spirit guides your life, you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. God will not lead you into sin. The Holy Spirit will not lead you into sin. God doesn't want us to fail. He wants us to succeed. And the more that we listen to Him, the better able we will be to distinguish His voice from all the other noises around us. Jesus promises to us, to us is that He will walk ahead of us, and we will follow Him because we will know His voice. 
Others may speak, but the sheep don't listen to the other voices. To better know the voice of God, or the better we know the voice of God, the less we have to worry about falling victim to the wrong voice. And so I would encourage you, make sure that you're spending time in God's Word. Get to know Him intimately through His Word. Get to know His character, the things that He values, the truths that He's given us, the way that He's acted and interacted in his, with his people throughout history. They all tell us of God's nature and of how he could or might be working in our lives and of things that he wouldn't do in our lives. I would encourage you to spend time in prayer, speaking to God, but not just speaking. When we're in a relationship, we need to take time to stop and to listen. I know there are people who have, who have used a, a, a practice of journaling when they're listening to the voice of God. And if that's something that would be helpful to you, I would encourage you to do that as well. But I also encourage you to make sure that you surround yourself with wise counsel. So when you hear those voices, if you're questioning whether or not those voices are from God, the wisdom around you and the wisdom, the wise people that God has put around you can help inform you of that as well. And I trust that as we do that, we'll better begin to recognize the voice of God in our lives. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is a a testimony of how you've worked in the lives of your people throughout history. We thank you that it it talks to us about your character, about uh, the fact that you're a loving God, that, uh, that you care for your kids, that you care for your creation, and that when we read of the things that you've done throughout history, when we read and learn more about you, that we'll get a better sense of how it is that you speak to your children and the types of things that, uh, that you would have them do. And that as, as we put that together with, uh, with the prompting of the Spirit in our lives, that we'd be able to confirm um, the voice of God and what it is that you are doing in our lives. We'd be able to hear you and be able to follow you and that we'd be able to, to set aside the voices that aren't of you. And that as we do that, we would uh, continue to walk in the plan that you have for us, that we'd continue to become the children that you have created us to be. We ask all this in your name. Amen.